This is the IDP After Show. Hello and welcome to the IDP After Show. I am one of your lovely co-hosts for the evening, Jake Colhagen, uh, joined by the wonderful, the spectacular, the ever-amazing Jeff Boobam. Jeff, how are you tonight? Excellent. Yourself? Ah, I couldn't be better. Way too much sun, way too much fun, but you know what uh, is the cherry on top of all that? I get to talk rookies with you for IDP for the 2023 season. I couldn't be more stoked about it. I just thought that glow was from the sun, but... Oh. That's 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 you, Jeff. You're lighting up the room. You light up every room you walk into, sir. <laughs> All right, en- enough of the BS. Let's let's cut. Let's get down to it and talk to what we're about what we're about here uh, for tonight. And yeah, we want to talk about the rookies who are rising, the rookies who are sliding, based on what what we got going on. So we're at that point in the year. Things are starting to slow down a little bit in terms of news, but we still have a little bit of rookie mini camps, uh, voluntary OTAs. And what that what that did is that caused people like myself and Jeff uh, working in the IDP show draft kit to go ahead and make some adjustments to account for some of this news, some of the things that are happening, signings, anything, right? Where it's all about that empirical evidence, taking what we have, what we see, you know, combining it into our understanding of this and then turning that into, you know, tangible information for everyone to consume. So let's uh, let's get into here and see who we have a lot more confidence in. Um, after some of these news and leading us off here, we got Dorian Williams, linebacker, Buffalo Bills up four spots from 12 to eight. And this was in my rookie rankings. Uh, so when we take a look at this for me, there's a lot of talk about what he could be coming into uh, rookie, uh, mini camps. You know, there is talks about maybe playing on the weak side behind Matt Milano, but then, uh, Jeremy Fowler ESPN was really like, Hey, a uh, lot of, a lot of buzz that this guy is going to be taking snaps in the middle linebacker spot. And then you see recently, yeah, that's what he's going to be doing at OTA. He's going to be taking some of those mics, some of that middle linebacker spots. And he has a chance to just essentially come in and, and replay, replace Tremaine Edmonds immediately. Now, again, he's got to go into camp. He's got to succeed. But with that said, it's trending in the, in the right way. We like this. And, you know, before he's actually crowned that, that, that position, now is the time to kind of get in ahead of that that excitement and that and buy now before the price maybe gets a little bit too much uh, and the market overcorrects. So yeah, I mean that that's Dorian Williams in a nutshell. And with that, we move on to our next guy, BJ Ojolari. Jeff, what do we got here? Yeah, I know that there's a, a certain Australian outlaw that's going to be happy with my first two guys that I have uh, on my list. And the first guy, like you mentioned, Jake, is BJ Ojolari. A lot of, lot of buzz, um, a lot of it not so much directed, right, at B.J. Ozilari, but as much more the team around him. Um, this team is literally stripping things down to the studs. They just cut DeAndre Hopkins last week. Kyler Murray's going to be out for most of the season, so they're just gutting everything down to the studs here. And so when we look at B.J. Ozilari, he's got draft capital coming in in the second, second round out of LSU this last season at, for the – the Tigers, he played 747 snaps. He had nine sacks, 14 hits, 26 hurries. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, that's that's a really productive season. And uh, he actually had two back-to-back really good seasons. Um, in 2021, he had 697 snaps. He had eight sacks, 13 hits, and 33 hurries. So very consistent um, for the last two years. Um, that's probably why he got a second-round grade. Like I mentioned before, favorite Cardinals are... They have nothing left. You know, J.J. Watt retired. 
They've got Collins trying to make the switch from linebacker to defensive end. They've got Simmons playing like this hybrid linebacker, safety, corner, water boy role. So they got these old regime guys they're trying to find places for. And then the new defensive coordinator, Nick Rollis, is from uh, Philly. And I think they're really trying to re- replicate that Philadelphia defense with a lot of pressure and things like that. So there's a chance that Ozilari could kind of slide into that Hassan Reddick role, you know, that uh, Philly had. So I think just really being in a poor situation to rebuild, they're going to see a lot of snaps on defense. So that negative game script for the offense could be a positive game script for IDP guys. So that's kind of why I had him moving up from 19 to 10. So then looking at our next guy, Sir Voice Dennis, linebacker for the Buccaneers. And again, looking at this as a, a dynasty draft, we're kind of looking at like, Maybe not so much this year, but down the road, maybe even later this season, the Buccaneers are going to want to see what they have. They've got contract issues going on with Devin White. Um, Levante David is going to be 34 at the end of the season, and they literally have nothing left in the linebacker room outside of those two. So I can see Dennis kind of coming in week 12, 11, kind of after their bye week, and just kind of seeing what they've got in him. So now would be the def- definitely the time to to get in on him. He is elite elite stats in college as a defender. We're talking upper 90 percentile for um, defense, rush defense, tackle, kind of outstanding where they got him in the draft that he didn't go sooner. Like we said before with Ojalari, I think game script is going to be very much in the defense's favor this year. Um, I can see the Buccaneers kind of really regressing on offense. You know, when you lose the GOAT and you go to Baker Mayfield, there's not going to be that same pushing the ball downfield as much. I can see a lot more three and outs. So I can just see a a clear path for Dennis here sooner than later. So that's why he moved up from number 27 to 18 in my, my ranking. So enough for me, Jake, let's kick it back to you. Who you got? Well, I, I got to say, I just love that. It's, it's the Baker Mayfield. This guy knows who the quarterback is in Tampa Bay already. I don't even know if Todd Bowles knows who the quarterback is in Tampa Bay yet. So tea leaves, uh, tea leaves. <laughs> tea leaves, there it is. That's how, that's why you got to come get these rookie rankings folks. <laughs> All right. Looking at a Jair Brown safety 49ers. Uh, moving up plus 12, uh, 39 to 27. So this was, a, this was a guy that I think this move was actually on your rankings, Jeff, but I had him moving up a good amount in mine, and I just kind of wanted to, to hop in and talk on him a little bit because it's a guy I liked even before his landing spot in, in San Francisco. But the guy showed out really well uh, the last two years at Penn State. He's got you know all, nearly 700-plus snaps starting the last two years. You, you love when these defenders come in with a lot of that experience leading the defense. Um, or being a key leader within it. Um, that's definitely what he has. He expanded his game well in uh, his last year at Penn State here. He really took uh, the opportunity to play along the defensive line and, ra- and ran with it. So 59 defensive line snaps, converted that into 15 pressures, five sacks, four hits, six hurries, and the guy has played all over the field as well, right? He's, you know, talk about those nearly 60 defensive line snaps, almost 160 box snaps. Uh, 110 plus snaps at slot corner, you know, a handful of snaps or a good handful of snaps playing deep, almost 350. So yes, probably projects more initially, maybe in some of that deeper role, but he has the ability to come up and play uh, and and hit well that you, you like what you see there. And the opportunity is very real as well. When you look at the 49ers defense, Talano Hufanga, obviously big name, big IDP name, splashy. Actually, he's, he's in one of the write-ups in the sleepers, breakouts and fades. So you can check that out with the membership and understand maybe where Jair Brown fits in even a little bit more with this then. Um, but that said, they have Tashawn Gibson as the other safety. He is unfortunately just on a one-year deal with them. So 
who knows in terms of his time with the team, you know, he, this could be something where by year two, Brown is a huge contributor in that defense. Um, but it could even happen as early as year one, which is the reason we, we like him too. Um, one of the big things I look at is teams are really looking to create mismatches nowadays, it seems like on the offensive side. So they're trying to scheme up all these things personnel wise. And you need someone like Brown, who's versatile to, to slot all over the field and, and deliver that kind of value and give you mismatches as a defense um, against the offense as well. So all that said, yeah, he's, he's a good candidate to rise up our boards here. And it might not stop here. We'll wait and see what happens once we get uh, into training camps a little bit further. Uh, with that said, we're going to take a look at another safety. Who do we got there? We have Mr. Christopher Smith out of Georgia. He moved up 12 spots in my rankings from uh, 35 to 22. Smith was a five-year player in Georgia. He's going to play with a massive chip on his shoulder because he wasn't drafted by the Eagles. And so he's going to be a little upset about that. So he's got that going for him. But he also has, he's got that like strong safety build. He's He's short, stocky, 5'11", 192. Once he gets in the NFL weight room and then that meal plan, he's just going to fill out and just be just a thumper. Very solid run stopper in college. 85.9 PPF grade, which is amazing. And he also has a decent coverage skill, so he's going to stay on the field consistently, and which is something that uh, the Raiders desperately need. They've been trying to fill the safety spot for many, many years now. Their linebacker core in front of him isn't anything really to write home about. Their best linebacker is actually a converted safety themselves in Divine Diablo. They've got Luke Masterson and Robert Spillane, who I really like as a deep sleeper. But again, there's a reason he's on his you know, second team and things like that. There's The Raiders linebacking core is not going to strike fear into a lot of, lot of teams. So I see a lot of chance and opportunity for him to score well. He has Marcus Epps in front of him, who is kind of a journeyman himself. Nothing, you know, not a huge obstacle for them to probably overcome between training camp and maybe by midseason he'll be kind of rounded into form. So, Jake, you got one more guy that you're really, really high on rising. And I, I got to say with Christopher Smith too, right, like that's the first back half of that secondary that this this new staff, right, the the Raiders that they got in there now with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, I think that's who it was. We looked it up before the show, and now I'm forgetting yeah. already. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so he's he's the first guy there, right? They got they had Trayvon Merrig. This is the guy that I think that they're looking to maybe start to do something with and mold that that secondary round of it potentially. So, but yeah, speaking of major risers here, the number one riser that we had uh, from our redo of our rankings or, or secondary look at him here. Uh, Jartavius Martin, cornerback, Washington Commanders. I, I don't think he made our combined rankings. He just made the cut in my top 50 um, at 50, but he has shot up for me up to 23 overall in my rankings, so plus 27. I, I'm a huge fan of Jartavius Martin. I love what I saw from him. I love that this defense is coming back with Jack Del Real and Ron Rivera. They have a clear desire to find someone to put into that slot role and leave them there and be the go-to guy for that. For those unaware or on uh, uninitiated to it, I am a big proponent of slot cornerbacks as viable options as defensive backs in IDP. They have pretty solid tackle efficiency overall. Um, anytime you're nearer to the ball in line of scrimmage, it's just optimal play for IDP scoring. And I, and I just, I like what I saw on Martin on tape. I did not project him necessarily or believe that I had, had, I guess, certainty that he was going to be playing the slot role coming in. Um, I just liked what I saw on tape in terms of his willingness to play in the run defense side of things specifically. Uh, but then to get this opportunity here where all but foregone at this point is if he doesn't, you know, mess something up in camp or someone just really outshines him some all of a sudden to to take this role away from him. It's his. He's got it. He's If he can run with it, um, I think he's going to be a screaming value, especially in cornerback required leagues. 
um, but even have some some value in those DB only or those DB specific type leagues. So with that said, we're going to move on from those fellows sliding up the board, those gainers of confidence for us, and the people who maybe not so excited about anymore. And with that, our first guy, safety, J.L. Skinner, Denver Broncos. Uh, for me, it was a drop of four, 39-243. This isn't a huge knock on necessarily what I believe I saw from him on film. This had a lot to do with the fact that it was a very, very clear path to starting, um, even coming off a torn peck. Uh, but the Broncos decided to re-sign Kareem Jackson to a one-year deal. That said, I can't imagine why they would bring him back other than to at least plug him in early on, almost nullifying J.L. Skinner's value year one or at least the first half of the season. Maybe he comes in and shows out great and, and gets a chance by the second half of the season, which is still real. Um, but at, the, at this point, it's, it's hard to get excited about that because um, he is someone who's coming off an injury, a significant injury torn pack. Uh, doesn't have the clear path to year one, which if you don't show your relevance year one, some of these guys can be moved on from relatively quickly at times too. And so just a little bit of loss of confidence for me in JL Skinner. But from one safety to another, hashtag spoiler alert, there's a trend here. Who do you got next? Yeah, if you don't like uh, safety hate, you might want to turn the show off right now because uh, I just think this kind of leads itself to like the volatility of the position. I just think from year to year, the turnover at that position more so than any other IDP position, linebackers or defensive line, just that secondary, it just is such a huge turnover from year to year. And I, I think it has to do with just the, the sheer numbers of guys that play it. I mean, we've got two, three safeties on the field at a time. We've got two or three corners on the field. You know, that's that's five or six on every single play. And just, you know, multiply that by the 32 teams are just the sheer volume. You're going to have guys that are going to be very volatile and kind of sticking with the theme here of safety slides. Uh, Jimmy Robinson slid for me, not so much because of what he did, but just other guys moved up for me. And because the guys move up, somebody has to move down. And, you know, Jimmy Robinson was that guy for me. He slid six spots for me in this last one. And again, it's not because something he necessarily did. Great college tape, great um, defender in college. He improved as a defender every single year. They took him in the fifth round. He, he had draft, pre-draft stock was supposed to be a little higher than that. And then it's more about ideal, not landing in an ideal landing spot. I think Carolina has a, a very crowded room right now. In that secondary, we have Jeremy Chin, who didn't score necessarily well, but he's got the name value and he's probably going to be there. They signed Xavier Woods last season, I think from the Vikings. They've got Von Bell there now from the Bengals. Eric Rowe is there now, former um, Dolphins. So he's got a lot of like veteran players in front of him that he's going to kind of have to learn from and leapfrog. And I, I just don't think that that's in the cards this year for him. So I just think that he's going to be one of those guys that leave on your waivers until we start seeing some positive regression or positive progression in his snap counts and things like that. And then he'll be a, a waiver wire ad rather than clogging up your roster right now with, with a guy. So speaking of clogging up your roster, Jake, who you got up next? Well, any new England Patriots IDP person is going to clog up a roster. It feels like, uh, not and in this IDP. case, not just IDP. <laughs> this is true. Uh, in this case, we got Keon white edge for the new England Patriots. Uh, so for me, he slid down seven spots in my ranking from 31 to 38. This really just had to do with there was no positive or negative news from, you know, Dietrich Wise, Keon White himself, Josh Uche. You know, there, there's there's just a lot of talent and there's a lot of very likely rotation when it comes to the New England Patriots uh, defense. I, I love the talent for White on tape, just watching him coming in. You know, then where he landed, I was like, well, they do find ways to maximize talent there. I will give the Patriots that. However, just the no news 
And in this case, for me, was not good news. Uh, and that just gives me pause that I think, like you just talked about with Jamie Robinson trying to get past a very crowded room, especially one with you know veterans who have found ways to be relevant for IDP in the NFL for many years. I think this is a case where Keon White just likely, unless he really shines or flashes big in some way, you know, in some of these upcoming camps or early on in the season, likely to be a depth rotational piece. If you, if you love the talent and you think the value's there later, which is why he's sliding down the boards for me, definitely still worth it. But for now, Keon White dropping down seven spots. Now, not to be confused here, we have a couple A. Johnsons. Help us separate these out here. All right, so this A. Johnson, Antonio Johnson, is uh, safety for the Jaguars, and he slid 13 spots for me in the last few weeks. This, again, probably has more to do with his landing spot than anything else. Um, he did have a, a minor meniscus issue in college his last season and caused him to miss a couple games and that might have to do something with the slide in the, in his draft status because he was kind of projected to be another one of these day two safeties that were going to be drafted but he slid to the fifth round you know just much like uh, Jamie Robinson did so I think the safety position kind of just took a hit during this draft and it's kind of being reflected right now in our current ADP with these guys as well he played really well in college he did play a lot of slot snaps. So I know that Jake, you're all about that. He had 582 snaps last season and he did play 280 of them in the slot. So I think he does have that role. He plays up close to the line when he does get an opportunity to play. I just think that this Jaguar defense is getting pretty stocked of talent. I mean, they've got guys on every single level. They drafted Walker last year. They drafted a ton or two years ago, excuse me. They drafted a ton of linebackers last year. So they, they're kind of building that level. And then now they're kind of looking, working on that back end of the defense. But that back end of the defense already has guys like Adrian Cisco, Andrew Wingard, and the boys' favorite, Rayshon Jenkins, and they got him there. So, I mean, he's got, again, another crowded room to to get over, you know, a lot of veteran leadership there. And I don't know if he's going to be able to crack that this season. Maybe that's adding him week 15, 16 at the end of this season in hopes that next season his is his chance to shine. So, again, it's just that slam into the safety position here. So We got one last slider. Who do we got? We have Anthony Johnson Jr., and this one's going to hurt because as a Packer fan, this one's uh, kind of hard. Packers are always that team that always draft frustratingly well. They always take that guy who keeps sliding, and Anthony Johnson Jr. was an awesome player in college. He played five years at Iowa State. Surprisingly, he lasted till the seventh round, almost towards the very, very last pick with 244, so he's got that almost Mr. Irrelevant tag on him, so maybe playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's an amazing at coverage because he's a converted corner. He played corner for his first four seasons at Iowa and then converted to safety. And I think that's kind of his style of play too. When you watch him play, he's got a little more of a finesse play to him. He's not like that thumper, uses like his body well. He's got good ball ball skills. And I think he's more of that free safety than he is that that in-the-box thumper. And that's kind of the reason, personally, I like my safeties and my secondary guys to be strong safeties just because they play in the box, get a few more tackle opportunities and things like that rather than playing on the back end more. So here again, there's this theme with safeties landing in crowded rooms. A lot of question marks with the the Packers secondary, but Darnell Savage is there. Um, Jonathan Owens, who they signed from Houston, Rudy Ford, and then everyone's favorite best ball um, secondary player from the Packers, Keyshawn Nixon. I think just between that rotation, it's going to just be a revolving door and I just can't trust Anthony Johnson Jr.'s snap counts and I just don't think that he's going to get the the amount of snaps that it's going to make him vile make him prominent in your lineup and just kind of another roster clogger so I'd rather let somebody else hold on to him for for that reason so 
And Jay, kind of looking at it, just kind of the safety and secondary guys on both sides, risers and fallers. And I think that has to just speak again to that volatility of the position. There's so many things that can happen preseason, during the season that just kind of change things, change in defensive coordinator, injuries, all of those things. And I just think that that's kind of speaks to not only tonight's episode, but just the league in general. You know, I would rather, much rather take my stab with my draft pick at an offensive piece, or if I am going IDP, I want to have that defensive end, that linebacker, that upside linebacker guy that I can maybe flip later on. So in this draft, we've got a couple of really strong secondary pieces. We we both like Sidney Brown quite a bit. Jordan Battle's got a, a much clearer path to snaps, I feel, this year in Cincinnati. You know, every, Brian Branch is going to be amazing. But again, he's kind of a little more murky right now with 52 um, safeties in Detroit. So we don't know how that's quite going to play out. But there are much better options than the secondary piece to be drafting just because there's they have clearer paths to snaps. And why... Why log your roster with guys like Jamie Robinson, Antonio Johnson, and Anthony Johnson when you got better options? So. Right, but I, I just I just want to recap. I think you you spoke to it so well, Jeff. There's a sheer number of secondary options that are out there. So even in you know cornerback required and safety, you know specific leagues, those true positions, there's just there's still so many options out there. Uh, so you can you know easily go find eighty to ninety percent of the production. Um, as long as you're staying on track of kind of, you know, where the snaps are going. And and I just, I, I, the big thing I always hammer home is the further you get away from the ball, the, the greater variability there is, right? If you're all the way on the left side of the field, that's literally half the field that you can't really do anything with, right? Uh, if the, if the ball goes to the right side, you're, you're just, that's just a lost play for you in terms of IDP um, considerations for those positions. So it's, it's super, super variable and volatile and as such, you know, react and understand the game will help keep you keep you in tune with it as much as we can. But thank you for tuning in tonight for the IDP After Show. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs> <laughs>